See this house right here? Yeah. Belonged to a dude named Spooky. Mean old Vato Loco, that motherfucker was crazy. Nobody fucked with Spooky. Even the cops respected him, you know? We used to watch his house. And they gave that motherfucker 230 years in the penitentiary, too. You like dogs? Yeah, I got a Rottweiler. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roddy's are good. Dobermans are better. Spooky used to raise Dobermans. So I'm in the second week of my patrol. I'm rolling out here with my T.O. We pull up at Spooky's house. There's this old man out front named Too Fine, drunk, smiling, beating the shit out of this female Dobie. Beautiful dog, seven months. He's beating the shit out of her with a garden hose. Dogs crying, yelping, and I was raised with dogs, so I'm thinking to get out, do something to this motherfucker. My T.O. says, no, nah, no, nah, it's cool, it's cool. He starts waving. He starts waving at Too Fine, right? Motherfucker starts waving back at us, just like smiling and shit with one hand, beating the fuck out the dog with the other. I'm about to lose my mind. My T.O. looks me in the eye, good old boy too, looks me right in the eye and said, said he's teaching the dog to hate niggas. I said, huh? He said, Spooky paid too fine $20 to beat the shit out of the dog to teach him to hate niggas. I don't know who's asked to kick. T.O., Spooky, Too Fine. I was ready to quit. Ready to jump out that black and white and go take a bus home. That's fucked up. Man, I'm saying that to say this. Soon as you think you've seen everything out on these streets, these streets will teach you something twisted. What's up, everybody? All the party people in the place to be. Um, how's it going? <laughs> crazy, crazy times out there, right? 
but you're here and you're listening to another installment of the Film Deviant podcast. And as always, I will be your host, Brian, um, bringing to you um, just sort of a live feed of what's going on in my deviant little mind (laughs) going forward. You know, this pandemic has uh, created lots of opportunities, lots of things, a lot of it's inspired a lot of artists out there um, to maybe seek brand new things and new um, new talent, like discover some new talents that they might have had hidden. Not that this is a talent, mind you, (laughs) and not that I'm an artist by any stretch of the imagination, Um, although I do like to consider myself doing some pretty cool art here and there. But... It sort of inspired, all this stuff has sort of inspired me to start up this new podcast show. And, you know, so far I've actually been getting some pretty decent feedback. Um, So that's kind of good. It means I'll be doing a little bit more of this stuff. But in the meantime, um, I just wanted to mention a few things. Um, I do want to go in finally after teasing you for like, you know, the previous only two episodes that exist for film deviant about Profundo Rosso, um, I will delve into the meaning of that film for me. But first I just wanted to mention something real quick. All the the rioting and the looting and, you know, the protesting that's sort of happened over the weekend. And again, I don't I'm sure this will be dated by the time you hear this, um, if you choose to hear this. Um, but I don't know, man, like, I like I get it, okay? Um, in my previous episode, I, I mentioned that a lot of this racial stuff sort of resonates with me, and I've experienced some things here and there in my life. However, like, a place like um, Familia's Skate Shop up in Minnesota, it's, uh, it's one of the just greatest skate shops that exists in the world. Um, and not only that, like, it's run by really good people, um, a lot of diversity in that shop. So a place like that doesn't necessarily, you know, they don't need to be um, destroyed. In essence, not necessarily, like, decimated or whatever, but, you know, a lot of vandalism went on, a lot of looting, and uh, it happened to a great place like Familia. So I just wanted to mention, you know, um, I'm all for burning down the establishment for, you know, to get some kind of fucking change in this world because it really needs to happen. I'm all I'm all for that. I stand 100 percent for that stuff. I, I just, you know, it makes me sick that somebody's father, somebody's son, somebody's brother, somebody's friend, you know, somebody just got killed over something so so so, it just it aches my heart that humanity is still capable of such things you know however there's no need to make any more victims like in in the wake of all this you know it's it's more about resolution and change and you know uh, an understanding to make something to to create a better system you know for all this stuff so you know, hitting up a place like uh, like Familia Skate Shop or even like the, you know, the mom and pop store around the corner uh, that's been there forever and, you know, everybody gets their milk and eggs from them or whatever. They don't need to be touched, man. Like, those are, 
those are our community. That's our community, you know. Um, and the things that happened were brought on by forces outside of our community, things that we don't agree with. Um, I think as a collective, we can all understand that there's a lot of evil in this world that does evil things. Um, and we do try in our hearts to change things to make them for the better. So, you know, just having said that, my piece, I just wish Familia Skate Shop all the luck in the world. Um, no, no one will probably hear this, so it doesn't really fucking matter. But, you know, sincerely, like, and I, I, I know the runners of that shop uh, posted on Instagram recently that they're behind that they understand the movement they understand what's happened you know and they're behind the movement 100 percent, and they're giving them the full support even though their place got you know smashed up so a place like that you know like they just deserve uh better um just like our world deserves better mankind deserves better black people deserve better you know it's 2020 and we should only really be having to worry, like, we should be fighting this disease that's going around, killing people, this uh, illness, this virus. We should be fighting things like that that are out of our control, that, you know, we, we spend multitudes of dollars and multitudes of time developing vaccines and whatnot to fight these things. Like, we should come together to fight that stuff, not each other, you know what I mean? But anyway, that's all that I will say about that. Uh, I apologize if you tuned in to listen to me talk about um, Deep Red only to hear like all that social commenting or whatever. I apologize. I'm so sorry. Anyway, Profundo Rosso, yeah? <laughs> Deep Red. Fondo Rosso, lo eseguono i Goblin. 
Wow. Um, it's a film that like really means the the world to me. It's it's a Jalo film, and not only a Jalo film, but it's it's a staple. It's a hallmark and a masterclass of cinema making in the genre. It's you know you you do have a lot of uh, when I look at the the genre of Jalo, it's like a spectrum. It's a wide spectrum, and it has the quirky films. It has the sleazy films. Um, it has the mediocre stuff. It has the mind blowing shit out there. You know, it's, it's just, that's why I love the genre so much, um, in comparison to the slashers and, and the, uh, the ghost stories and, you know, the, the paranormal stuff or whatever, like whatever subgenres there are, I've always looked at Jalo as more of a, of its own genre, not necessarily a subgenre. Because when you, when you consider the term subgenre, it's coming from a, like a bigger, genre right whereas i've always looked at giallo as its own thing like there's no real like it of course it borrows elements from this and this and this um but really there's nothing else like it like i i have yet to see um like a found footage giallo or something you know what i mean like like you can't combine it with other things you can bring in other elements but you just can't there's nothing like it there's nothing like a good giallo you know so having said that there is nothing like deep red really like when you take um take a look at the entire genre there's nothing like it like it's just such um it's got a voyeuristic attitude towards it um with the storytelling and and the the way that argento sort of uh unfolds the entire story um in his manner in his pov sort of and it's very fetishistic. Like, it's very, very... It, there's, like, fetishes all throughout this film. Whether it's the, the POV stuff, um, the black gloves, like, the way... Like, I've seen um, those ASMR videos where, like, they're playing with black gloves, like, black leather gloves, you know? And the way that they're handled in this film, it's very sexy and thoughtful in that manner, you know? Whereas, like, and I don't mean to bring in other genres and films in comparison, but there's other um, more barbaric and sort of all over the place, uh, the way that the killer kills their victims in their films or whatever. But in Jalo, it's always very regal. <laughs> like, if I can even say something like that without sounding like a weirdo. It's very regal and just, oh, man, like, it... it like it's like a like a quality kill you know it's 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 got the score to it it's got um the cinematography the look of the killer and the settings and whatnot um the different lighting everything works in harmony in sort of an orchestra of of emotions and and senses for a simple murder scene like that in and of itself is Jalo. You know, the way that you view murder on screen, the way that each character is laid out and really um, handled with such a depth, all the red herrings, all the different uh, elements that make up a Jalo, that's what Deep Red has going for it, in my, you know, in my feelings, anyway, uh, in my humble opinion. Um, however, having said that, you know, like when you look at a film like Deep Red, 
which, by the way, went into production in September of 1974, uh, my birth year. And then it shot for like 16 weeks um, in Turin. And interestingly enough, the film, um, in the film, everything takes place in Rome. Um, however, Argento specifically shot it in Turin, Italy, because apparently that's where the Satanists congregated and whatnot. That was one of the biggest population of Satanists, practicing Satanists at that time uh, in Europe. So he decided to shoot his film, Why Not?, in a satanic <laughs> city or whatever, which is so interesting to me, the, just given the, the subject matter, because it's really, there's no cult or anything like that in the movie. There are like sort of supernatural elements with the, with the, um, the medium in, in the beginning of the film, but there's other elements that are at play with Deep Red that make it just so much more than the sum of its parts. You know, it's, it's, um, it's Argento's, uh, first of all, first and foremost, it's Argento's return to the genre um, in the way that uh, he sort of, so he made his Animal Trilogy and then he left um, to go and make a comedy film. Like he felt in his heart that he wanted, he loves comedy, so he wanted to play around with the, the, the comedy uh, genre. So he tried that. And it didn't succeed. The film did not succeed as much as, you know, his uh, his other films, that his previous three uh, films. And so he decided to do uh, Deep Red as a return to the sort of the genre that he helped to further along, you know. So he came back with a vengeance with Profondo Rosso. And in doing so, he created... It's almost like... Um, and I, you know, it's, I, I don't mean to correlate this the way that I do, but when Michael Jordan went off to retire after he won the three championships in Chicago, you know, he, then he decided, you know, I'm going to try baseball and he wasn't that great. Right. And, and then he decided to come back to the thing that he knew that he was the best at, which was basketball. In this case, Argento was like, I'm going to try comedy because I know I can do this amazingly. So he went off, did comedy, didn't do so well, came back and made fucking uh, Deep Red um, and then Suspiria, for fuck's sakes, you know what I mean? So in that regard, it's like he's sort of the Michael Jordan of, for me anyway, cinema, um, and specifically Italian horror cinema. Um, That's why I've always really respected him and admired him for his skills in, in that sense. So deep red, man, like it's just, it's such an explosion for all the senses. Um, I first discovered it, um, I would say back in the 80s. I discovered Argento through Creepers, much like pretty much a lot of people did in, in the 80s and into 90s. And then from there, because I love that film so much and the aesthetic of like, it, it just had a lot of the shit that I was into back then, you know, like I was into punk rock, I was into heavy metal and some of these darker things and um it's funny like let me just back up a little bit when i was like seven years old and i'm sure i've explained this in other uh shows or podcasts or whatever but um one of my uncles had a copy a spanish uh vhs i guess a bootleg copy a spanish version of uh, all the colors of the dark so 
being that my uncle didn't really care too much about certain things back then, like, you know, allowing a young child to view a film with lots of nudity and satanic elements to it, you know, he let me jump up onto the couch and watch this movie with him, uh, which at the time I didn't know what it was. Later, I found out it was all the colors of the dark because you cannot mistake any of that satanic imagery and you cannot mistake the incomparable Edwidge Fennec. So I remembered years, 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 years later when I discovered like, you know, a lot of these Italian films, I was like, that's the fucking movie. That's the one that I saw all those years back when I was a kid. I didn't know what it was back then, but now I know it's the amazing All the Colors of the Dark by Sergio uh, Martino. So I'm sorry, I went off on a rant. I say that because I was back then, once I got a little older and into my teens, I was into things like satanic imagery in my films, in the films that I like to watch. And I was into, like, at the time I explored heavy metal and things like that, so I loved Iron Maiden. So when I came across Creepers, like, oh my fucking God, like, what is better than a movie with Iron Maiden, a movie with all these, you know, supernatural elements to it? Um, and it didn't have any satanic cults, sadly, but it had sort of like this deranged character in there um, that was doing all these malevolent things. And like it had a, a chimpanzee wielding a straight razor, you know, so it just had all these bonkers elements that I just fell in love with it. So I knew I needed some more Argento in my life. So I went out and found um, this video store and in it they had at the time uh, our uh, Dario Argento's World of Horror and I remember bringing that home and being excited because I you know I didn't know what to expect when you're young like that you look at these things as like oh what the hell is a documentary or whatever you know Mirrors are bathed in red. Red is the color of passion, of joy. Red is the color of journeys into the hidden depths of the subconscious. But above all, red is the color of rage and violence. I bring it home, I start to watch it. Unfortunately, the film spoiled a lot of the elements in in those films for me, you know, showing a lot of the the climactic murder scenes and whatnot. But more importantly, in my mind, I was, like, given, like, sort of all these visuals, so I had to track them down. I had to track down, oh, my God, what's that hanging lady from? Like, where, where is this and where is that or whatever? So it just kind of plugged me into more, more uh, the aesthetic of an Argento film and, and then, you know, later on down the road, an Italian horror film. So having said that, I tracked down, um, I believe the next one was Unsane, um, which, of course, is Tenebrae. Um, so I tracked that one down and that one blew my mind. And then I came across um, The Hatchet Murders and... That one felt like it didn't really make a lot of sense to me because at the time, Hatchet Murders was severely butchered, much like Unsane was, but at least in Unsane, it's got a pretty um, straight narrative 
um, you know, uh, along with a lot of the twists or whatever. In, in Hatchet Murders, you're missing a lot of the things that build that film, you know, that, that really build that story and make the characters connect in such a way that you understand some of their motivational decisions towards, you know, as the, the movie drives forward. So with Hatchet Murders, you know, deleting a lot of the violence, a lot of um, sort of the sadistic nature to it or whatever. And and so you're sort of robbed as to the passion of the killer, um, you know, whom I won't spoil the film for you, but whom later turns out to be a very significant character that you can link to certain other characters in the film, you know. So it just had a lot of that expositional stuff missing um, in, in when I watched The Hatchet Murders back then. So when I rediscovered it, um, I think I came along uh, the Anchor Bay version in the 90s, I believe, um, in, in VHS form again. So it was like it was touted as the uncut version of this film that you've seen before, you know, The Hatchet Murders. Now this is profundo rosso as it was meant to be seen. So I was like, fuck yeah. So I, I checked it out. And I was blown away. Like, it, this was like, I want more of this. And that's kind of what led me into specifically the the Jalo realm. And then I discovered things like the Sergio Martino films, uh, the Bianchi film. Um, I, I discovered Bianchi, Fulci, you know, Martino, uh, Margaretti, um, you know, all these different filmmakers um bava i came you know once i came to bava i was like holy shit like this is where it's all sort of derived from you know so it was just a joy and i always link my door to giallo with deep red because it just you know for me argento means the world to me as as my favorite filmmaker of all time um and that's not to say that I don't love a lot of other filmmakers, it's just I feel more drawn to his, um, you know, his master masterworks. So the fact that it's the the Jalo film that sort of opened the door for me to want and crave more Jalo, and it was from Dario Argento. It just it just really for me it's a special film. It's a film that I watch probably way too often. <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's it's like it's just like Psycho in the way that I always discover something that I didn't really necessarily pay attention to before. You know, you know, just like new things here and there pop up. Whether it's like, oh, that's that's um, you know uh, a piece of art that I didn't notice before, or that's you know I I pause it and then I take a look at some of the paintings that are up on the wall. You know, just like little th- little details like that where I really really feel all the nuances and all the little details, you know, from the richness of something like Deep Red. I've done that several times with uh, Suspiria, with uh, Demons, Demons 2. Like, I, I know those films like the back of my hand. So with Deep Red, it's it's in that ilk, you know. So, I don't know. Like, for me, I just really love Argento. I love Argento films. And Deep Red in particular is... Probably like they everybody touts it as you know the best Jalo film that exists. Um, it's the gold standard of Jolly, if you will. But like you can't discount the effect that something like Blood and Black Lace had on our genre, and you cannot discount things like uh, Strange um, Strange Vice of Mrs. Ward or Torso or you know um, even Tenebrae and even. 
um, you know, something even like Eyeball, which I believe is a fucking phenomenal, you know, masterwork of film. There's different gold standards in the genre, and that's what makes it so great. But I will say, as a filmmaker that sort of gave you the Animal Trilogy, to come back with something like Deep Red, it just blows my fucking mind. Like, it's just crazy. So for that, you know, I'll never argue with anybody that says Deep Red is the best Jalo that exists. Like, that's just, you won't get an argument from me. I will suggest other things out there, but I will, you know, I'll pretty much be in agreement with, like, it being amongst the very, very best of the best, you know. But anyway, that's why I love deep red so much you know the 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 feelings that i get when i see somebody like rocking a profundo rosso t-shirt or whatever if i see it out there in the wild like it just it makes me feel good you know um because it's like that person understands what this film is you know so if you see me out there out in the world or whatever and you know um this whole pandemic has sort of calmed down a bit and you're rocking like a deep red shirt. Like, don't be surprised if I just come up to you and like, you know, give you a pound or like shake your hand or whatever. You know, even fucking give you a hug for being like somebody with amazing taste. So having said that, having said that I love, you know, people with impeccable taste. Speaking of good taste, here's my crummy segue into um, some recommendations uh, that I think would be worth your time. The Headhunter which came out in 2018 um, from a, I think, I want to say it was his first film, maybe not. Like I, I'm, I know he's done several other short films previously, but Jordan Downey spent $30,000, let me repeat that, $30,000 to make this feature film. And God, like it, you look at the film and the way that you know, all the props and like, I heard him in an interview say that he just bought a a lot of these props from these Halloween stores and painted them up and made them look like a lot more official. So just taking that into account, the film is amazing. Like, it's just, it's, it's a really cool, um, like the setting is in medieval times and it's this bar, like, like this warrior that is summoned to like kill these like crazy looking, uh, monsters and beasts, um, and then he collects their heads. You know, I'm not gonna gonna really delve into any more details of this film because it's like it's one of those films that, you know, it starts off with a certain big plot point, and then like it's really fun to see what unfolds. So totally recommend it. Worth your time. Small small movie. It's got like you know two or three actors in it maybe, and it's on Shutter. It's, so you, if you have Shutter, uh, that horror streaming device, it's on there, and you can watch it anytime. Totally recommend it. Check it out. The Headhunter from 2018. Anyway, guys, I hope that you enjoyed my third episode. Like for real. Thank you so much for even like downloading and listening. Really appreciate it. And. I think, as sort of a teaser, I I want to (laughs) talk about a little film from 1985 that, if you know who I am, and if you know me out in the world, and uh, we've had conversations about this film, you know how much I love it. Um, You know 
the passion that I, I feel for this particular film. From 1985, Lamberto Bava's Demons. There, I said it. Um, I was waiting until like much further down the line in this podcast adventure to like talk about that film and how much it's meant to me. But like, why not, man? Like, why not talk about these things right away? You know, I love it. So it's my show. God damn it. I will talk about demons. <laughs> but anyway, that's me. That's what I got for you today. And uh, thanks again for listening. Like, really appreciate it. Stay safe out there and... Hopefully, we can all come together to make this world better, you know. But anyway, thanks again. Love you guys. You're getting closer and closer to the most unnatural kind of death. You have killed and you will kill again. Beyond shock, beyond horror, into total terror. What was that? Murder runs wild. Blood runs cold. Terror runs deep red. Everywhere you turn, death is running with you. Deep red. It'll put you into deep shock. Deep red rated R. My heavy heart's always under attack. Running in circles around the racetrack. And rose colored lenses eventually crack. If you left leaving, I'll let you right back Love is but a game of give and chase What is a runner without a big race? The harder I try to keep up with the pace Say